Hello and welcome to the Knock On Scoreline.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Stephen Byrne and over the next while we're going to talk to former Leinster captain Chris Pym. On the show we talk about Ireland's Six Nations win over Italy, what were the positives and what did Ireland do wrong. We chat through the match day squad as well and how they all performed. We're going to talk about Ireland's upcoming game against Scotland and Scotland and France's rescheduled Six Nations game and the Covid cases in the French camp. Johnny Sexton and Peter O'Mahony have had their contracts extended by the IRFU, we discussed that, and we have a look at Leinster's crucial top of the table Pro 14 game against Ulster this weekend. Chris Pym joins us now to talk rugby as we do every week on the knock on. Chris, how are you? Good, yeah. How about it? Uh, Chris, uh, a bit of a crazy week last week, of course, with uh, uh, deal with a lot of things, I suppose, rugby-wise, and of course, uh, death of Gary Halpin. Um, but a nice tribute we paid to him at the weekend and all that as well. Um, and of course, the funeral arrangements and all that were kept private as well. But there will be a memorial service for him down the line. Yeah, that'll be great. So it'll be great to have one final Gary Gary Halpin-esque celebration. So yeah, no. Let this COVID thing pass first. Absolutely. Let's get on to matters of rugby. The Italy game we'll talk about first. Um, Some improvements made. A couple of tries scored. A couple of individual performances there and a couple of debuts. Um, A lot went on as well. But what was your overall feeling on Ireland's performance in it? Taken into account, it was Italy. Taken into account, it was Italy. I think, yeah, look... It really didn't matter what they did, bar get beaten or bust, you know, whatever they did, people were going to say, oh, yeah, well, it was only Italy. But I suppose the other thing you do need to bear in mind is that they gave England an awful going over for 40 minutes. England couldn't get into the game at all, whereas Ireland looked like they were pretty much in control of the game from the very start. So I think that was important that they didn't let Italy into the game and kind of gain a foothold in, you know, in the game at all. So pretty much after 20 minutes, the game was up, to be honest. And it just maybe took the shackles off a little bit. Now, I do think in the second half, they lost their way a little bit. But I think when you're making substitutions and stuff like that, that's always going to happen. But yeah, look, I think overall it was definitely a step forward and uh, coaching team and stuff would have been happy enough. And obviously it was great to see Baird and Casey get a gallop, which we've been both pushing for last week. So that was uh, that was good to see. And I think they both did well. Yeah, let's analyse the team, I suppose, from front to back. Um, we'd, um, Dave Kilcoyne came in, he got a start. Um, Carlos Ed Byrne, of course, dropped onto the, I suppose, match day backup uh, squad, even though he was out the week before when Dave Kilcoyne was injured. But Dave acquitted himself well, I thought, on the day, as did the front row in general. Yeah, look, I think both front rows actually went well. And uh, none of them can have any concerns. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do and obviously there's the whole argument as to whether they should be re-looking at Andrew Porter as a loose head which is where he started his career so uh, given the fact that um, Keen Healy and Dave Kilcoyne are both in their 30s but you know like all great things props mature a little slower than everybody else you know (laughs) 
it'll be interesting to see what they do. But I don't think there's any great panic. I think it's a fantastic position for Ireland to be in, to have probably the two best loose heads in the in the or two best tight heads, I should say, in the Six Nations with Porter and Furlong gives a huge comfort for the last 20 minutes or half an hour of a game to think that you've either one of them to come on to add a bit of impetus. So, yeah, look, really interesting to see what they do uh, with Furlong this week, as opposed to whether he starts or, or comes on. So, but yeah, look in good shape. I think Kelleher went well, obviously, bar the one line out that he'd be a bit upset about. And um, McKean Healy did nothing wrong either. So, I think it was uh, it was good good performance certainly front rows both both sets of front rows did really well yeah Kelleher seemed to be at a lot of rocks he was busy and hungry for yeah. work uh, right throughout the game as well which was great to see with him um, the second rows you know what you get with those James Ryan and Ian Henderson they did fairly well Ian Henderson was probably a bit quieter on the day than normal um, but then you'd see have Tyg Byrne dropping into the back row Tyg Will Connors um, had fantastic matches um, yeah both were excellent both were excellent I mean to be honest I've only ever seen Ty Byrne is a six. I think he's too small at international level to make an impact in the second round. I can still obviously still poach and he can still do his thing. But um I think I think he's an out and out six. I think you know that is long term his best position on the pitch is a six. So but given the absolute surplus of sixes that we have in the country, I suppose. They were just getting them in wherever they could. But um, I think long term, I'm sure he sees himself as a six. I know when he was in, um, when he was in Clinetley, he was, he was very much a six as well. So, um, and I think he certainly justified his selection last week with an excellent performance. And Connors did well as well. So, um, yeah, look, both of them, both of them went well. And they'd be very hard to remove for next week. Absolutely. Another good complaint to have in the back row as well. We've been talking about it the last few weeks. Um, Scrum Habs wise, James Gibson Park did uh, very little wrong. And then Craig Casey got his uh, debut as well. And he's a quite zippy fella. We're all, I think, a bit excited about Craig and what he can offer going forward as well. He's just he's agile, sort of fast passing, very, very accurate passer of the ball as well, isn't he? Super, super bit of stuff. Yeah, we've both been talking to him now for about a couple of weeks and it's great to see him get involved. It doesn't look like, based on the squad he's picked for Scotland, that Casey will be involved. Looks like Murray's going to come back in. But as you say, Gibson Park did very little wrong the other day. It'd be really interesting to see if they slot Connor straight back in there because, um, you know, Gibson Park's done very little wrong. He was very good, I thought, the other day. And, um, but yeah, look, great to see Casey getting a gallop. He was very unlucky with that little forward pass uh, that they call back. Um, but yeah, did everything he was asked of, certainly last week. And things are great, but of stuff, yeah, really looking forward to hopefully him getting more game time. Absolutely, it's a good, a good, another good complaint to have. Great to see young fellas like that coming through. Huge yep. potential with Craig. Johnny Sexton played the eighty minutes um, and did absolutely. I don't think he did anything wrong on the day, which we expect from Johnny. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's still, he'll still come in for criticism regardless. And of course, the other news is he got a one-year contract extension, uh, central yep. contract extension, which is important. Yeah, no, definitely. And I was interested to see that. 
he got the one year. Um, I don't know how you saw this morning that Peter O'Mahony got a two-year extension. Which I was, wow, that's that was a big call. I was full sure they'd stick him on one because when you look at the amount of one miles he has on the clock, he's been around a long time. And to the amount of other back rowers that are around, um, that was some work, bit of work by his agent to get my two-year gig there. Yeah. So, yeah, very interesting just to see that. But um, And that's anyway. with respect to Peter as well, Chris, of course. He's a great player um, and everything totally. as well. But uh, he does get injured quite often. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's fair play to his agent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, good bit of work, good bit of business there. I think he'll be very happy. But, um, yeah, sorry, who were we talking about? Johnny, Johnny, yeah, Johnny went well. And he can, you know, I think he's obviously fully entitled to one extra year based on on what he did. I suppose they were slow to give him the two, given the amount of knocks and stuff that he'd had this year. But I can almost guarantee we'll be sitting here this time next year and they'll give him another one. Yeah, it probably looks like that, Chris, I'd say. Yeah. So given that Joey's hopefully back on the radar now, um, I think, you know, we'll be, you know, you kind of be back at the old um, O'Gara scenario where he's slotted in and is minded and, you know, just gets him up to time, up, up to speed. So I think, yeah, look, we mightn't be as in a bad a shape as we maybe thought we were six weeks ago with Johnny falling apart and no natural successor. So Johnny can hang about for another year or so and we get a chance to get Joey better game time. We we suddenly might think we're we're in better shape than we were. Absolutely. Uh, James Lowe, um, we were talking about this, about James has incredible attacking potential and when we see what he can do for Leinster, but it seemed to be more more of that kicking tactic uh, again to the fore against Italy as well. In Like he did run the ball a bit as well and we, we know he's able to do that. He, he got disallowed tries as well. Um, but there seemed to be another case of um, tactics in there, you know, kick the ball when you get it. Um, it was unusual um, from that point of view, considering the backline uh, Ireland had. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, I actually think there's a lot more to come from low as regards an Irish international. I mean, he does so much for Leinster and he's so impactful. Now, maybe the step up is a step up and it'll just take him a bit of time to get his feet, but um, I did, they did look to involve him more in the game last week. Um, and I do think he's the kind of guy, the longer he's around, the better he'll get. Um, because he was a little bit like that when he came to Leinster first as well. That's he, you know, the longer he's been there, the more impact he's had, both as a player and as a person, if that makes any sense, um, around the scene. So, and I think, I think in the same way, he'll grow into his his Ireland role, and that will, the longer he's there, the better he'll get. So, I'd be, I'd be certainly sticking with him. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's all good so far. Um, the two centres, of course, uh, um, Robbie Henshaw and Gary Ringrose. We know what to expect with them. Gary Ringrose um, was up, was very, very hungry for ball at the weekend. He was very busy. Yeah, he was good. Henshaw just does all his basics so well. He was really, really good the other day. Um, and I think he's kind of 
back into the sort of form that we were kind of we were talking about maybe the week before that um, he kind of hasn't he's been steady but he uh, he's just he's a little bit like Johnny in that he, he doesn't have a huge amount of flair but he just does the right thing at the right time and I think that will come even more into play next week um, against Scotland and I think Ringrose was better um, and a little bit more time on the ball uh, so yeah look I'd be very optimistic the two of them um, will be in good shape for next week Yeah and uh, another what would you call it uh, is it right to call him a journeyman as well Keith Earls um, always dependable as well he hasn't by his own admission had a great great form of late but uh, you know what to expect with Keith though when he when he plays yeah look he did well he did well um, we came in there for alarm or so um, I think yeah he, he you know what you're getting you know what you're getting um, I'd love to see Conway back in the shake up there to be quite honest there was obviously some sort of a rift or some bit of a falling out down a monster he was he was frozen out there for a while um, so but he's back playing now and I'd be optimistic that you know, I'd like to see him back in the shakeup. Whether he will be now with this Six Nations or not, I don't know. But yeah, look, he's uh, he's a good bit of stuff, and I think probably offers a little bit more than Earls does at this stage. And do you think the Larmer's under pressure now from the likes of Conway and those fellas because Larmer's yeah. form has dipped off a bit? Yeah, it has a bit. So yeah, look, I don't know whether he'll get back in. Like, what was his injury? Larmer's injury was. I think it was HIA. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. It was HIA, yeah. Yeah, during the week. Yeah, so look, he may well come back in in that he didn't do a whole lot wrong against Italy. He didn't get a whole lot of opportunities. He was only on for whatever it was, 30 minutes. So, um, but it'll be interesting to see what they do there. But they they definitely have a couple of options. So, uh, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But Larmer certainly a good bit of stuff. I'd be keen to try and keep him involved if we could. And of course, Hugo Keenan didn't do a thing wrong. Um, Look, that, that 15 jerseys bet on yeah. to him at this stage. Bet on to him at this stage. So actually, I was just thinking, sure, I forgot. Stockdale will be available now for the Scotland game. It'll be really interesting to see if they if they pick him. Uh, so that would obviously put uh, Larmer under a bit of pressure. Yeah, the depth of the wingers is uh, another area as well. We're, like you said, we're a bit spoiled. Um, whereas we used to be talking about who was next in a lot of positions up to a couple of years yeah. ago. And we had no one. Who was going to replace Paul O'Connell and who was going to replace all these fellas? Um, no, it's good. It's a great complaint to have. Um, we haven't spoken about Ryan Baird, who obviously course. made a super impact. And obviously he, yeah. he's been kept in the squad. So it'll be... That's great to see. And uh, yeah, he has massive potential. And I think international football will suit him as well. You know, great big, great athlete, loves the open spaces. So he'll, uh, you know, really, really exciting prospect. Absolutely. Um, Scotland obviously is next. Uh, how do you think Ireland are going to go against them? We know that Scotland are playing with a lot of confidence at the moment. Um, the game being called off might trip up the preparation a bit, but it might not either. 
Yeah, I'd be optimistic. I would have no fear of against playing against Scotland. I mean, we play against them week in, week out for Edinburgh, Glasgow, and we generally don't have an issue. And I would be confident that we can turn them over. They're obviously in a rich vein of form. Finn Russell makes a huge difference to the team. He just makes them tick in a way that nobody else can. But I'd be setting up my back row on a mission to get after Finn Russell fairly early in the game. <laughs> but we can, uh, but as, you do, as you do. In playing, you'll stop Scotland playing. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I'd be optimistic. I think, I think we have a great chance. And I say, particularly as they haven't played France, uh, if they'd come off a win against France, it might be a different prospect. But I think given what they've achieved so far and how they messed up, in inverted commas, against Wales, that I think if we got ahead in the scoreboard, I'd be optimistic. Absolutely. And speaking of France against Scotland, uh, a lot of talk about that. Uh, Galtier apparently was being blamed at the start for going outside the bubble to watch his uh, son's rugby match. But yeah. the blame has been pinned on a sevens player that was helping out with the squad. Um, and the French uh, Football Federation or the French Rugby Federation did their own investigation and found that it wasn't Galtier's fault. Um <laughs> You shocking. know, it's like a turkey voting for Christmas. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you think yourself, Chris? Um, should the match be handed to Scotland? Because I no, was... I look, everybody, everybody wants the game played. Yeah. I mean, you know, nobody decided to have COVID. So, you know, it is, it's, it's an unfortunate situation, but absolutely play the game. You know, and to be honest, the players I'm sure would much rather play the game than get a walkover. I mean, any if they went on to win anything, it would be very hollow if you hadn't played France. So I can imagine, you know, I can't imagine anybody who would not want the game played. One, I think it'd be a great spectacle. I think two good sides playing with confidence. And um, yeah, look, you're not going to get through winner if you don't play against against if they don't play against each other. So I'd be off playing the game. That's for certain. Yeah, and it changes the dynamic of the Six Nations because of the date of it of the reschedule. Yeah. Um, so that sort of changes up a lot of other stuff as well. But France would still be nailed on favourites um, for me anyway at the moment for the Six Nations. Yeah, no, me too. And let's say. Scotland have to play Ireland next and I would you know I'd be quietly optimistic that we'd be well I think our scrum I'd be really looking to go after them at scrum time up front I think we're a bigger stronger pack and, and I think we just would have we have a bit more on the bench than they would particularly up front as well so I you know I'd be yeah, no, I'd be optimistic enough that we'll do a job there and that we will cause them a bit of damage so yeah bring it on 
Cool. Um, we're going to talk Interpro now. Um, Leinster, of course, having a good win at the weekend. Um, so they go to Ulster this weekend in the Pro 14, uh, first and second in the conference with Munster have cleaned up on the other side of the conference as well. But Leinster, because they've got so many players in the Irish training squad, or the mini camps as they call them, um, they're missing about 15 players. And Harry Byrne is was out with the HIA as well and he's following the return to play protocols. So, uh, yeah, a couple of players were released from Ireland, but we're still missing 15 altogether as well in what is a crucial match going up to Ravenhill. Yeah, well, look, you can't do anything to talk about Pro 14 and not talk about Scott Penny last weekend. Yep. Wasn't he incredible? Jesus Christ, he just never amazed me. His stats, I saw stats knocking around somewhere the other week, or j- during the week, and you're just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the work rate he is getting through, the tackle count, the carry count, the yards, the tries, it's just nonsense. And he is their third choice open side. I mean, it's, I don't know, don't know what you're going <laughs> to You not be optimistic. Um, is that in Ulster? Is up there, is it? Uh, yeah, as far as I know, yeah, the travel up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I'd given the kind of rugby they played there for 20, the first 20 minutes, half an hour against Glasgow last week, who had most of their international yeah. back. Um, I'd have no worries about them. Um, I think it'd be a big game now. It'd be a really good game. It should be a cracking game. But the uh, there's too much class. In, in the in the Leinster setup, so I just I'd be optimistic. Yeah, yeah. for sure. There's no fear either. Um, you're a huge fan of Scott Penny, Chris. Just to return back to that point, uh, we discussed it a few weeks ago. Um, but one thing that stood out for me is just these uh, the lines he ran, and um, just a bit of intelligence. Um, yeah. Around that as well, I was very impressed with that. Just what what he was watching and where he was going with the ball. He's just he's, yeah. think, he's thinking on his yeah. feet. Yeah, I think we've had this conversation before. He's not just an athlete, he's a rugby player as mm-hmm. well as an ordinary athlete. So, you know, he just is in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing every time. So, yeah, look, it's super bit of stuff. And, yeah, his biggest challenge now is going to be staying sound, given the way he treats his body every Saturday afternoon or Friday evening. So, yeah, look, great bit of stuff, yeah. Yeah, if you if you wrote a book on back rows, Chris, that's that'll be the name of it. The right place, the right time. How to be a back rower? Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 very it's very true though. Um, yeah, we're absolutely spoiled for choice um, with players, and there's so much rotation in that squad. With the I suppose the frontliners playing international, um, there's just so much. It just shows how much depth Leinster have. And because you've got a lot of younger players there, there's, a, there's less fear as well. So they throw the ball around a bit more and try a few things. And it doesn't always come off, but there's a lot of... I love the speed and intent that Leinster are playing with, uh, especially in the Pro 14 with these younger fellas. Yeah, no, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy to watch. Very easy on the eye. Yeah, no, the great, great stuff. And Lancaster's done an amazing job there. Leinster will do really well to hang on to him, I think. 
That was former Leinster captain Chris Pym. I'm Stephen Byrne and that's it from the Knock On Rugby podcast on scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby and of course if you're into your GAA with the Clash Act podcast, all things MMA and lots more. Talk to you soon. 